0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: The Premier League All-Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions, and more. The fans of the players at Ladbrokes Are you in? Let's go. Play at Labbrooks.com, 18GambleAware.org. T's and C's apply.
2: Here's Wilkins. Now what a shot that is! Oh what a
3: goal! what a goal!
2: Cross comes over. And it's got
4: it! It's a goal! Ray Wilkins! What a beautiful goal! From Ray Wilkins!
0: I'm Ross Wilkins, son of Ray Wilkins, the former Chelsea, Manchester United, AC Milan, Rangers and England midfielder. And I'm here today with my sister Jade to tell Dad's story with a little help along the way from some very familiar voices.
5: Ray made everyone feel like we was the best person or most important person in the football club.
3: I was fortunate to bump into someone like Ray who had this special quality.
4: And it's in, Ray Wilkins! with a magnificent strike. The way he looked after himself, the way he trained, the way he played, his attitude to the game, his attitude off the pitch. He was the man to looked at. He was a the guy that learned
6: from. Anyone who knows Ray Wilkins or knew him will speak about his manners and his touch. Shows you how special he was.
0: Dad was born to be a footballer. It was in his blood. His dad, George, and his three brothers were all professional players. Graham, the eldest, Played alongside him at his boyhood club Chelsea in the 1970s, where he made his name. Here's Uncle Graham.
7: We used to come home from school, and the first thing that we used to do, Dad used to get us out in the garden, and he used to throw tennis balls at us. That's all he ever used to do to us, just throw tennis balls at us, and we just had to control them and then pass them back to him. We had a very good friend at school days. We were 10 and 11. His name was Tommy James. Tommy said something to Chelsea, said, "Uh, I know two very good footballers that come from my area. He said, "Um, you know, would you be interested in them coming training? We used to go up every Tuesday and Thursday by train with, Tommy and his father and it all started
0: from then. Dad made his debut in the same month he became professional, coming on as a substitute, having just turned 17. In 1975, following Chelsea's relegation and the departure of many well-known players, at just 18 years of age, Dad was handed the captaincy by new manager, Eddie McCready.
2: Now let's meet Ray Wilkins, at 18, the youngest captain in the Football League. Is it
8: an enjoyable experience? Yeah, very enjoyable, yeah. You don't find it in any way a burden on your performance? No, not at all. Uh, I love it. Bookmakers made you 4-1 to favourites to go back into the
9: 1st Division at the start of the season. Was that realistic, do you think? I don't think you can tell whether a side's going to go up to the 1st Division. But uh, we're feeling very confident now. And I'm sure if we can play as we did yesterday, then you know we've got a very good chance.
0: He kept the armband for four years and remains Chelsea's youngest ever permanent captain. It was a hugely proud moment for all the Wilkins family. Here's Uncle Graham again.
7: He was a leader. At a young age as he was, he would pick you up. If you're going to a professional football club at the age of nine and ten, you have to grow up quickly. He grew up very mature, very quickly. He used to eat, drink,
0: sleep football. He was just a football person. And here's dad's Chelsea teammate, Clive Walker.
10: His sort of demeanour around the dressing room was magnificent. And to have that within a team, then you become a captain. Bit of a surprise at 18, especially when you still have people like... Peter Bonetti at the club and Ron Harris at the club and he was captain above them so it's a fabulous accolade for him to have at that age.
0: For the next few years dad was ever present for Chelsea and a star in midfield. As a youngster he wasn't just a great passer of the ball he scored plenty of goals too.
2: Here's Wilkins now what a shot that is oh and a goal oh, what a what a goal a tremendous volley there
0: by Ray Wilkins. It was only later he'd become more of a holding player protecting the back four. In the summer of 1979, Chelsea were relegated and were in serious trouble financially. Dad was sold to Manchester United for £825,000, a record fee received for a Chelsea player at the time. He had played 198 games for the Blues, scoring 34 goals. Here's Dad speaking a few years back on his move to United.
9: We'd been married, Jack and I, for about three weeks, two weeks before. Uh, ...obviously set our home up in London... ...so all of a sudden now we're moving to Manchester... ...no question about it... ...it was it was a great move for me... ...for the first six months when we moved there... ...my form was poor... ...because it wasn't often the time when a southerner went north... ...and I struggled for six months big time... ...I was sitting having lunch one day... ...and I got a little tap on my shoulder... ...and in a, a very, very Glaswegian accent... ...a guy said to me... He said, uh, don't worry Ray... ...he said, uh, you can play... ...and I glanced up and it was Sir Matt Busby... ...and from that day... My Manchester United career kicked off and I just loved every second of it. It was it was brilliant to be involved in such a such a wonderful club.
0: So Jade, obviously Mum met Dad at Chelsea. Do you know much about that whole side of things?
11: We often discuss how funny it is that Mum actually is two years older than Dad. He was the toy boy always, and he was the hunk and the one that she had his poster up on her wall and all the girls at the time used to have his poster up on the wall and we just think it's hilarious to think that dad was one of those poster hunks at the time she sacrificed a hell of a lot for my dad at that time and rightly so obviously she made that decision to move with my dad and to create a life with him
0: i think whilst you grow up somewhere and you really love that place to pieces when you get that opportunity to make that step up to that level I don't think there's anyone in the world that wouldn't take it. Yes, you probably feel quite negative towards leaving, but I think that's something you would only have dreamt about in the future. Brian Robson, who would go on to become a United legend, joined the club in 1981 and recalls their time together.
8: When I joined United, one of the reasons was because a knew Ray and Stevie couple from, you know, the England uh, set up i knew i would be playing in central midfield alongside ray we had this understanding that i would be the one who would get forward uh, mostly ray would get on the ball receiving it from the back four and start looking for me making forward runs it always complemented each other you know when we played together
0: dad was thoroughly enjoying his time at old trafford putting in some brilliant performances in the heart of midfield and in 1983 he helped United to glory, scoring a spectacular goal in the FA Cup final against Brighton.
2: Murin. And he might just get Wilkins away on this side of the field.
1: And Orbison's made a run from the back and Wilkins has scored one and that's absolutely magnificent. Ray Wilkins has put Manchester United
8: in
2: front with a superb goal.
0: Robbo was captain at the time and remembers that moment very well.
8: When Rhea scored The goal in the FA Cup final, right foot bender into the top corner. That's the quickest I've ever seen Ray run. When he jumped over the board and went round the back of the goals, celebrating his goal. One
1: of the most likeable men in the game, Ray Wilkins, scores a quite brilliant goal and salutes the United fans
3: and Matt Busby who's seen all
8: the great players down the years. When I saw him set off and jump over, I just thought, I'm not wasting all that energy trying to catch him
7: here.
0: Ron Atkinson was manager at the time. Here he is recalling a story about Dad.
7: We were playing Duke Le Prague in a game at Old Trafford and United had never lost a European game at home. We won nothing down... And we're getting played off the park. And Ray, to be fair to him, wasn't having a particularly good game. But he kept demanding the ball. Kept demanding the ball. All right, he wasn't making much happen with it. He kept demanding it. The last minute, we got a penalty. And he wasn't the designated penalty kicker. And he went up and took the ball off one of the lad's hands, put it down, last kick of the match, smashed it straight into the net. And to me, that showed a lot more character than when players are playing right at the top of the game.
0: Another one of his old teammates at Old Trafford was Republic of Ireland striker Frank Stapleton, who would go on to become one of Dad's closest friends in the game.
7: I think I'd only met Ray once before. words met and they, they got on very well. I think that helps it along the way. And we, we ended up going to training every day. And of course, over time, we became great friends.
3: Wilkins, three players in the centre for him. It goes towards Stapleton. What a superb goal by Frank Stapleton.
7: Martin Booker was the captain. Um, but Martin had a different personality. Ray was very outgoing. He used to um, joke a lot and in the dressing room and, you know, he created a lot of banter in there. And in many ways, he was he was really the captain, but Martin had been the captain for quite a few years. And when Martin wasn't in the team, Ray was uh, automatically the captain. And, uh, you know, he just took on the role very easily because that's the sort of character he was. Interested in other people's lives
0: and what what was going on. And if, if there was anything wrong, he was always the first to, to try and help. Dad mentioned many times through the years that that Manchester United side he was part of should have achieved a hell of a lot more. Here's Brian Robson again.
8: Unfortunately for us at that time, Liverpool were an outstanding team, as good as I've seen as a club team. When we had Stevie Coppel, Remy Moses on myself, Ray, and then on the left, Arnie Muren, who was a top draw player as well and Frank and Norman up front that midfield and forwards had a a great balance to it I mean we look back we won a couple of FA Cups but it would have been nice to have just got that bit closer to the title and have won the title
0: Dad was voted United's Player of the Year by the team's supporters at the end of the 1983-1984 to season and his performances were attracting attention from other clubs his time at Old Trafford was to come to an end that summer Coming up on this special programme, Ray Wilkins, Our Dad, we reflect on Dad's time abroad and hear from Ali McCoist about one of his greatest ever goals.
1: He hits this thing in the volley and it goes screaming into the Celtic net. What a hit it was!
0: Welcome back to Ray Wilkins, Our Dad. I'm Ross Wilkins and I'm here with my sister Jade. In the summer of 1984, Dad left Manchester United for Italian giants AC Milan. He was joining football's most glamorous league, coming up against the likes of Diego Maradona, Zico, Socrates, and Michel Platini. AC Milan were a team in transition at the time, and were looking to establish themselves again with the signing of Dad and his England teammate Mark Haightley.
2: Ray was, he was the articulate one. He had the confidence to, to take on the language far quicker than me. We were really, really good as a partnership. He, in some aspects, was, was a real big calming influence on me. And on the other hand, I was the other way around. I used to wind him up and fire him up. In the first, I'm going to say, two months of being at Milan, he must have dragged me off three reporters, Italian reporters, trying to calm me down and all that sort of stuff. We became a great friend. We were on the road a lot together. We were travelling a lot. We were in Retiro a lot. When you have that sort of situation, you do become very, very close. You share a lot of stuff and you help each other out all the time. And we did that.
0: In his first season, Dad helped the club to a fifth place finish and qualification for the UEFA Cup. Here he is speaking a few years back about his time in Italy.
9: In the time when, when Mark Haley and myself went there probably wasn't as good a team as it eventually became, but um, we, we certainly had some wonderful players there. And I suppose at that time in 84, 85, they had our premiership now, said A. It was a joy to be there, some great, great players.
0: After three years in Italy and ever present in midfield, Dad left to make way for the arrival of Dutch trio Marco van Basten, Ruud Hullett, and Frank Rijkaard. During his time there, he helped lay the foundations for a Milan side which became one of the greatest forces european football has ever seen having finished in italy it was time for france dad joined paris saint-germain in the middle of 1987 We he had a difficult time there and it didn't quite work out for him here's
9: dad on what went wrong Unfortunately, they had Gabriel Calderon, the Argentinian, and a guy called Safet Sušić, a Yugoslav, who was absolutely out of this world. He had great technique and he played in French football for quite a while. And and with the utmost respect, the two of them were better than me and they were forward players. So I ended up playing in the French third division for Paris Saint-Germain Reserves. I think I played about eight games for Paris Saint-Germain in the five months. If your football's going okay, your life's great. My football was going poor, my life, because you take it home. I don't care what anyone says, you take it home and it doesn't really go that well.
0: While dad was struggling in the city of lights, a hero emerged to rescue his career. That man was Rangers manager, Graham Souness.
4: He had gone from AC Milan to PSG. I think he was in and out the side there, falling out of favour with the coach. And um, I thought we'll take a punt, see if we can get him. We negotiated an unbelievable fee of just 250 grand. And I have to say, out of all the players I've ever signed in my career as a manager, I think he gave me the best value for money. He had his critics, but certainly that brought him back. He was sensational for me. You know, what you're talking about there is someone who would offer himself up on the pitch, but was always willing to get on the ball. And it didn't matter if he was having a great game, an indifferent game. He wanted the ball from the first minute to the last. They are few and far between guys like that. He wanted the responsibility. He took on the responsibility for others as well.
0: Dad became synonymous with the English Revolution at Rangers and is still fondly remembered by the Ibrox Faithful. But there's one moment that defines his time at the club more than any other. A stunning goal in the old firm derby.
2: It's launched in field by Stevens there's Butcher. Back with Wilkins. Absolutely magnificent from Ray Wilkins. And a goal with Ray Wilkins will never have bettered in an illustrious career.
0: Here's Rangers teammate and Talk Sports very own Ali McCoist. What a
1: hit it was. I can still close my eyes and I can see it. The ball breaks to him and he hits this thing in the volley and it goes screaming into the Celtic net. You know, in all the old firm games, like in any game I played in, that was one of the great goals. And he wasn't renowned for his goal scoring, but I can tell you right now he enjoyed that
0: one and so did we all. Dad had a wonderful time at Rangers, helping the club win the Scottish League and League Cup double in 1988-89. And despite only being there for two seasons, he was later inducted into their Hall of Fame. Here's Graham Souness again.
4: The way he looked after himself, the way he trained, the way he played, his attitude to the game, his attitude off the pitch, how he made other people better. You know, you, you need to speak to, you know, Durante, Ian Ferguson, Derek Ferguson, young midfield players. He was the man they looked at. He was a the guy they learned from. I think my, my very last game, I'd made myself something I was coming on. I came on for the last 20 minutes. And for the first five minutes, I'm shown for the ball. No one's passing it to me. And after five minutes, I'm thinking, someone's, you know, they're all at it. So I said to him, I said, look, I know you're behind this. If you don't start passing to me now, you're all in tomorrow morning, Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. So he had told all the boys, if the gaffer comes on, don't pass to him. So he was an absolute rascal he was. He really was. was. He was just fun to be around.
11: It really was. I, I, miss, I miss a lot of him, he was, he was a GMO fella. In December
0: 1989, Dad moved from one Rangers to another, returning to West London to sign for QPR.
3: Rangers streaming forward, here's Bardsley, Clark the target. And Ray Wilkins, his first goal for Rangers, and they go in front. Cross comes over. And it's got him! It's a goal, Ray Wilkins! 2 1! What a beautiful
4: goal from Ray Wilkins!
0: It turned out to be the longest stint of his career, playing regularly from 1989 to 1994. And he loved his time there, as did we. Here's my sister Jade.
11: I think I was at the age where I understood what life was about and what football was about, really. It was just a really fun time, and I think I remember so much more from that than any other club that he's really been at. It was just fun.
0: He's the closest we ever got to being part of the team, wasn't it? Really, definitely. It was
11: a really, it was family. mm. We felt a family involved within the football club, really.
0: A young Les Ferdinand had broken through at QPR when he had arrived.
3: Ray coming to QPR when he did brought a different type of professionalism that none of us probably had seen before. He had this aura about him, this self-confidence and um, came through the door and um, straight away everybody talked to him because not was he just a great footballer but he was just a a great fella as well. I would say uh, for me there was two pivotal things in my career that um, advanced me to where I needed to go and, and where I got to. One was Jerry Francis and the the, the next one was Ray Wilkins. Jerry Francis was the manager that came in and gave me the opportunity and the guidance. But I think as a player, Ray Wilkins was pivotal to me, kind of like learning how to be a professional footballer. I was fortunate to bump into someone like Ray who had this special quality and he wasn't just self-centred. I've come across a lot of footballers who uh, worry about themselves, prepare and only care about themselves. Ray cared about, Everybody else in the team and wanted to get the best out of everybody else in the team. And, um, you know, that's a real special quality.
0: Club legend and QPR ambassador Andy Sinton remembers Dad's arrival.
3: From the minute or the second he walked through the door, his influence on everyone, his professionalism rubbed off. I didn't think there was a better midfield player in the country. You know, his, his range of passing, his ability on the ball, his fitness levels were incredible, his leadership qualities on the pitch, he was amazing. And just as amazing off the pitch as well.
0: And here's Celez again.
3: I remember playing in the game, and he wasn't having a particularly good game. In fact, he was having probably one of the worst games I've seen him have. He wanted the ball when we didn't want him to have the ball. That's how bad the game was going for him. He was losing it. He was passing it out, playing that was really unusual for Ray. And then the ball came up to me. Someone played the ball up to me, and it kind of like slipped under my underneath the sole of my foot, and I, lo- I lost possession. And I heard this booming voice, "Hey, you, get hold of the effing ball for us!" And I was like. And I I looked around at everyone as as if to say, this geezer's having the biggest mare ever and he's now having a go at me because I've I've not controlled one ball. He turned around and he said, yeah, I'm talking to you, you. He said, don't bother looking around at anyone else, I'm talking to you. He said, we can't win this game the way that I'm playing, but you can win this game for us and get hold of the ball for us. And I thought, there's nobody else in football that I know would have done the same thing because they would have been so concerned about the bad game that they was having, that they was trying to put it right. His main focus was get the best out of everybody else on the football pitch because I'm having a terrible game today, but the rest of them around us can win the game for us. In November,
0: 1994, after Jerry Francis left QPR for Tottenham, dad was made player manager. One player to be managed by dad was Talk Sports Trevor Sinclair. Ray was fun. You know, he always had a laugh. He always had a smile on his face. So enthusiastic. He was one of them players where, you know, I didn't know at the time he was from quite humble beginnings, but. You could sense that when he was around football and and around the training ground on a match day, he felt like privileged, he felt blessed. And he kind of give off an aura where if he can feel that, us who've not achieved anything like what he's achieved in the game should feel that as well. And it's a great um, culture to um, surround yourself in as a young player.
11: Dad had a long, long time there. It wasn't just playing. It was player-manager, then mm-hmm. it was manager. We experienced the whole package at Queen's Park Rangers, to be honest.
0: Highs and lows as well. I mean, the first season he took over as manager, he did phenomenally well. And I think they finished just outside of getting into Europe.
11: And then I'll and never, then ever forget got that got the relegation, relegation.
0: Which was horrendous. And, and it was the
11: most fantastic game, to be fair. We had played absolutely unbelievable, and it was against United, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, that was the Cantona seven minutes of injury time. Wasn't and it? That ended up and relegation the tears in. that
11: came after that game, because obviously we knew what the reality was going to be.
0: I think people have this preconception of footballers that actually don't care about the game that they're they're playing in. But actually, that point proved as a family. We were so intrinsically involved in that club. We all felt like we'd lost oh, it someone. Was, and it was horrendous.
11: It was a really,
0: really awful tough time. time.
11: But at the same time, at that end of that game, I'll never forget all the players mm-hmm. on the pitch and everything. The camaraderie that everyone had—it was, was amazing. It's brilliant. And we did definitely feel part of that club.
0: Dad played for four different clubs in the 1996-1997 season. Wickham Wanderers, Hibs, Millwall and finally Leighton Orient before hanging up his boots. He was 40 years old.
9: I might have made a mistake. In fact, I probably did make a mistake because the lower you go down, then obviously the football becomes more agricultural. Consequently, I didn't touch the ball too much. I remember playing one game. I was playing for Leighton Orient. I had eight touches of the ball in the first half, seven were with my head. And every time that I, I headed the ball, someone's foot was very close to my face. And I thought, well, do I really need this at, at my tender age? So, yes, it finally came to an end.
0: I don't think anyone in professional sport really wants to to give up at any point. Because I think there? it's what
11: what then. It's everything you've ever known coming to an end,
0: and then it's how you then process that and deal with that moving forward. It was you finished your career, you hardly rooted in it. I think for dad,
11: he, he used to always, always talk about how it's that getting up every day, going into the dressing having room, a having that banter, mm. and having a purpose. It was a very difficult time, I do remember, because I think at 40, 41, you're young, aren't you? A lot of people retire in their 60s, but I think we're really proud of him because he smashed it. He'd been at so many clubs and experienced such wonderful things, had great great memories. I mean, amazing. Can't say any more than that, can you? No, of course we can't.
0: Really, really proud of him. Still to come on this special program, Ray Wilkins, our dad. We focus on Dad's England career and the start of his coaching.
11: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides, and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and Cs apply. This time,
4: more than any other time, this time. We're gonna find a way.
2: Find a way to get away this time. Giving it all together. We'll get
0: it right. Welcome back to Ray Wilkins, our dad, here on Talksport. I'm Ross Wilkins and I'm here with my sister Jade. Dad loved representing his country. It was incredibly patriotic. In 84 games, he scored three goals, captained the team on 10 occasions and played at the 1982 and 1986 World Cups. Here he is on how it felt to play for the Three Lions.
9: Every time you pull on that white shirt, it means so much. You are one of the best 11 people in your country and the pride that you feel is just incredible. Just to pull that shirt on and be named in an England team, Nothing, nothing comes anywhere near it. His
0: first call-up was in 1976 by coach Don Revy whilst he was flourishing at Chelsea. Here's England teammate Glenn Hoddle.
12: He was a really good leader. I mean, even if he wasn't captain, you felt as if you had another captain on the pitch. And that's what any good team needs. You know, you need leadership from all over the place. He was strong when he needed to be strong. He would tell you. And it did not matter if it was me, if it was Robbo, if it, whoever it was coming into the team. The thing about Ray is he was such a nice genuine guy. We were on the same wavelength, you know, born in the same place really. Londoners, same sense of humour and it was just a pleasure to be around him we had so many giggles.
0: Dad helped England qualify for the 1980 European Championships in Italy, the first tournament England had reached for a decade The three Lions took on Belgium in the opening game and Dad kicked off their campaign in some style
10: Wilkins, well
1: done by Ray Wilkins can he finish it? Oh, I
9: say, Ray Wilkins scores for England and a cooler goal you couldn't wish to see. Look at that! He lobbed it over the defence and then over the
12: goalkeeper. It was a fabulous way for us to start the tournament. I think it was the first game. He hooks it into the corner and then he's off. He, he goes running off. He absolutely enjoyed that game. It was a lovely way for him to start that tournament.
0: Whilst at AC Milan, he was picked for the 1986 World Cup in Mexico, but went down in English football history for all the wrong reasons.
1: Ray Wilkins has been sent off. His second
5: bookable offense and it's problems upon problems for England. An extraordinary lapse from a very experienced player and Ray Wilkins who's been such a responsible influence for almost 10 years now in the England setup. Leaves the field, one has to say, in disgrace.
0: It was a double blow for England as Brian Robson had left the field with a serious shoulder injury just before. Here he is reflecting on Dad's red card.
8: I don't think Ray was sent off very often whatsoever. Arguing, approaching a referee, that wasn't Ray one little bit. And that's why I always felt, I I don't know whether it was a little bit to do with me going off injured. And Ray just felt for me and sort of like uh, reacted that way. The two of us went back to the room, you know, and we were so disappointed after that Moroccan game. You know, I felt for Ray because he was going to be suspended. And then he felt for me because he knew I was out of the World Cup. And I think all players, they understand when you get an injury and you're missing a massive competition, how much it hurts.
12: He must have gone into his room and he was absolutely gutted. You know the pride that Ray had in himself and, and playing for England, he would have been distraught in that room. I know that for a fact. But you know what? Every time he come out of that room, whether it was a team meeting, whether it was a training session, whether it was preparing for a game, he was different class. He just put his own problems away that he was going to be suspended for a couple of games he was around the lads encouraging his training was excellent his attitude was fantastic and i learned a lot from that it's easy to be a good guy whenever everything's hunky dory whenever everything's really going for you but when he was hurting like he was my word what what leadership qualities
0: here's dad speaking
9: about it a few years back i felt i'd let the guys down to be perfectly honest for them to be playing and we just lost robo just before for them to be playing in 10 men for the remainder of the game against a good Moroccan side. My family, in actual fact, because obviously we were so far away in Mexico, I was getting a disgrace on all the papers. So consequently, your family go through hell back home. Uh, you're getting a little bit because you're out there, obviously. Um, but they went through the, the mire. The pride that you have planned for your country, you've let your country down. So I was pretty distraught after that. I think for dad, that was one of the lowest points in his career. He He regrets everything
0: he did. I still think he thinks he's harshly, done by in those periods.
11: I definitely agree. I remember him telling me about it and almost like feeling really sombre and thinking, oh gosh, it's not really a very nice thing to admit what happened.
0: In typical dad style, he used that negative experience he had to try and help David Beckham when he got sent off further on in his career by calling him. And I think David even wrote him a letter back saying how thankful he was for his A
11: handwritten that. letter by yeah, David Beckham.
0: Which was really nice. Dad was suspended for the next two games and wasn't selected for the infamous Argentina game as England exited the tournament at the quarter-final stage. He made his 84th and final England appearance in November 1986. In 1997, once he decided his playing days were over, Dad focused fully on his coaching career. He left QPR and moved just a few miles down the road to Fulham. A year later he was back where it all began returning to his spiritual home Stamford Bridge as assistant to Gianluca Vialli when Dad arrived in 1999 the fans were being treated to a golden era some sensational foreign imports
2: the long
3: reward to oh, simply glorious and Zola one! delightful goal from Zola
0: the team reached the Champions League quarter finals in their first ever campaign and topped it all by winning the FA Cup. Here's Luca Vialli on Dad's contribution to that success.
2: Ray was in love with football like nobody. Uh, I mean, he couldn't really stay away from a training ground. It would bring a lot of passion, and he was working every day to try to make football a better game. It was just a mission for Ray. That made him like a very special person to work with, the kind of person that when you sit in a dugout and you turn around and you look behind you, he was the kind of person that he wanted to look in the eyes. He had also a very good relationship with the players because he, he enjoyed being amongst them so much. And he was just a very solid guy, very sincere. You know, it, it would tell you the way it was. And he was extremely, extremely helpful for me.
0: Jody Morris was playing for the Blues at the time.
1: He seemed to know not just everybody's name, but bits of their career. And it just made you feel at ease from the moment he walked through the door at Chelsea. I felt that he showed me extra attention because... I played in his position. I was a homegrown lad. I got on really well with him. He was very big on me as far as how much family means and you need to make sure that you're looking after the people closest to you away
0: from the training ground. Don't be a a gentleman when you're at the, the training ground. You've got to be a good bloke away from it. A young John Terry had broken through at Chelsea.
5: He was incredible. The advice that he used to give us young lads, the YTS lads, as we was back in the day, kind of cleaning boots and stuff in the afternoon. We'd have to make him a cup of tea and a cup of coffee. But they'd, they'd fill our time cleaning boots, kind of telling us stories. And, and he always kind of had a watch. Um, he played in Maldini's testimonial that he he often got off his wrist and, and showed us, you know, which went down very well. Ray made everyone feel like, you know, we was the best person or most important person in the football club. We was probably at the lowest within the football club at the time, being young players. And he showed us so much respect, give us so much time. Forget about what he does as a player, as a human being. I don't think I've come across in the world of football anybody as nice as
0: Ray.
2: Here's
0: Violi again.
2: I was a young manager, so for me to have someone as experienced as, as Ray as an assistant was incredibly important, uh, was actually vital. You know, Ray was really special because uh, it wasn't just an assistant to me; it was also a, you know, a big, big friend. And uh, with Ray, I could be myself. I didn't have to sort of pretend to be someone else. I could show my vulnerability. I think that makes things so much easier, and you become so much more effective.
5: The dinner ladies at the training ground, the the kit men and women. He knew everybody's names. He knew their husbands, their their partners' names, their kids' names. He had time for absolutely everybody. It's something that honestly really caught my eye back then i'd never actually known that the the kit lady julie's partner's name i actually worked with her on a daily basis and stuff so seeing that for for me to be the captain that i wanted to be i needed to know everybody's you know home lives away from that making sure that everybody's family was good and they had the, the right tickets for the games and they could come and support us and show that we are one big family at chelsea and and i learned all of that from ray so like i say very grateful to have witnessed it but just very grateful as well and humbling to 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 have met such a lovely man.
0: Still to come on this special programme, Ray Wilkins, our dad, will focus on the latter years of his coaching career and share some special memories from his time here at TalkSport. Ross Wilkins, and along with my sister Jade, we've been telling the story of our father, the former Chelsea, Manchester United, and England midfielder, Ray Wilkins. From 2003 to 2005, Dad assisted former Chelsea captain Dennis Wise at Millwall. His time there was memorable, to say the least. In 2004, he helped the club, who was sitting 10th in Division 1, reach their first ever FA Cup final. Here's Millwall legend, Neil Harris. Millwall reaching
3: a cup semi-final, a quarter final, a semi-final, and then a final. It was almost like make believe stuff for a lot of us that hadn't played at the top level. It was almost like, do we belong here? Block by block, Cahill! Cahill puts Millwall in front of cup semi-final. Where Ray and Dennis, but Ray was a sort of the senior member of staff, he gave us that belief and that trust in each other that we deserve to be there. It was almost like, well, we shouldn't be in a semi final at Old Trafford. In, in a sellout out crowd of Sunderland. We shouldn't be in a cup final at Cardiff against the, the mighty Man United. They, they, they gave us that belief and trust in each other. They made sure we knew we'd achieved, but gave us
9: a hunger to want to do more.
0: In September 2008, Dad made his return to Chelsea as assistant to Luis Felipe Scolari and then worked with Gus Hiddink as they lifted the FA Cup together. Here's talk sport presenter and former Chelsea player, Jason Cundy.
3: When he came back with Scolari, it was a very, very different looking football club. And when you have someone of Ray's stature and history with the club, us fans to know that there is someone there that represents us on the coaching staff and someone that was well-respected Around the football club, even though there were some players there that had won
0: some massive trophies, Ray had done it himself before, and um, I think that was that was huge. Dad's return gave him the opportunity to work with two future legends in Frank Lampard and John Terry, and they had a long-standing relationship with him. Here's Frank Lampard. I've got
6: very warm memories of working with Ray consistently at his time at Chelsea when I was playing there, and specific memories of extra drills that we would do after training. Anything I would ask Ray if I wanted to work on a part of my game shooting finishing, passing, midfield, we would come up with specific drills that would help. That was a nice feeling as a player, to not be told exactly what you've got to do by the coach, but also someone who listens and then comes up with things and works with you. That's what Ray did particularly well. So certainly when I um, look at what I do now, I take positives from people that I work with and that common touch that Ray had alongside his footballing experience is what made him so good at his job.
0: Here's Chelsea legend, John Terry again.
5: He used to put his boots on, so he had these Adidas Copas. He had these big bunions on the side of his feet where he'd had tight boots his whole career. And he'd kind of spray the ball left foot, right foot. And I was like, I actually don't know what foot it is. I'd pick his brains after training and go, Ray, have you got five minutes? How do you strike the ball with your left as good as your right and stuff? And he was like, young fella, practice. I think because I showed attention to that and wanted to improve my left foot, He'd come out with me and grab a bag of balls and go like 20, 30 minutes left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. All of those little bits served me so well throughout my whole career and enabled me to play left side centre back. Ray said to me, you've got SIE, Michael Dubry, Frank Leboeuf, Emerson Tom, Jess Hogg, all in front of you and all desperate to play right side centre back. Nobody wants to play at the left. So, okay, let's make you the best left side centre back at the football club.
6: Ray was... Big on manners, big on calling people out in terms of, you know, people who work behind the scenes. He would know their names and give them the credit that they deserve for their part in the job, which is for the club to be successful, but it needs all the parts to run well. Ray would have been absolutely at the centre of that. I seriously remember anyone who knows Ray Wilkins or knew him will speak about his manners and his touch and the fact that he always would have time for everybody in the conversation shows you how special he was. He's a big miss,
5: a a huge miss to to not only football but to society as well. He's someone now that Now I'm going into my management side. When I look now, actually, I go, I'd like a Ray Wilkins next to me.
0: Carla Ancelotti joined Chelsea in 2009, and with dad by his side, Chelsea pulled off the double.
2: Entertaining football, winning football. And blue is the colour on the trophy ribbons in 2010. Chelsea are champions again.
3: It was brilliant to see when he lifted that Premier League trophy how much it meant to him as well on a personal level and the Chelsea fans as well when he was walking around that pitch at Stamford Bridge in 2010. It must have been such a proud moment for him as someone who grew
0: up as a Chelsea youngster. Here's dad reflecting on the most successful period of his coaching
9: career. It was magnificent and and, you know the the staff we had working with us as well, Carlo and I, were were just exceptional. And coupled with the the group of players as well because as good a coach as you are, you can't really do too much unless you've got real quality playing for you. And And the squad of players we had were just exceptional,
0: not only as players but as blokes as well. That period at Chelsea was phenomenal for us, wasn't it, really?
11: I mean, again, the fact that dad was back involved with his first ever team to even play at Schoolboy and then to be back here now. The
0: third time round.
11: And to be so successful, really. I think I'd been dating my husband about a week and the first thing that he got invited along to was the FA Cup final party. Winner. And Dad definitely felt at home again, didn't he?
0: You can Thinking see. about that team, they had a camaraderie very similar to that QPR team where they would socialise outside of playing together they were very very close and i think that's why they went on to become so successful that for us as a family that's one of the most phenomenal things we've ever experienced winning the double and for dad yeah he was in his element as i say to be back personal goals personal achievement that would probably be well high up on his list that one that's time at chelsea alongside carlo ancelotti came to an end in november 2010 here's john terry again
5: That really hurt, actually. It's something that the players tried to get involved in. We tried to get Ray to stay with the club. At the time, players were very shocked and we tried our utmost to keep Ray at the football club because we knew how important he was. Football's kind of a a small world, isn't it? It moves on and and people get forgotten about, but certainly not with our players that we had there. You know, we had some some unbelievable players that the squad was always going to be successful and aim to be successful, but... Yeah, for, for a good six months, Ray was you know severely missed within that football club.
0: Dad never got to work with Jose and Mourinho, but they knew each other well and had a huge amount of respect for each other. Here's the special one on Dad.
8: When I come to England, of course, I go to Chelsea 2004. And of course, even without... Meeting Ray at that time, I knew about his history at the club. Every moment I shared with him was a real pleasure. The world knew about Ray Wilkins and uh, how good player he was. That is no doubt. Such a nice uh, person he was. That becomes the most important thing. So that's the way I, I prefer to remember him. He's uh, such a nice guy. I keep his smile. I keep his smile because uh, I always remember that that little fellow with that nice uh, smile, and uh, I really love
0: him. After leaving Chelsea, Dad had a short spell as Jordan manager, and in June 2015, he joined Aston Villa as assistant to Tim Sherwood. After his time at Villa came to an end, Dad focused solely on his media career. He loved his time at TalkSport and worked closely with Drive presenter Adrian Durham and breakfast host Alan Brazil.
3: He was a gentleman, would always come in and, how are you, fella? Everything okay, and he'd always be nice to the staff. Never really had a bad word to say about anyone, you know that. You think of where he played and who he played against and who he played with. You know, what he said to you, you had to listen and take note. He was a gentleman, though, an absolute gent. He was always positive. He always came in bouncing, always laughing, always wanted to talk to you and see how you were. He was a joy to work with, Ray Wilkins. Just a lovely, decent, positive human being.
0: Another of those who worked closely with Dad was mid morning presenter Jim White.
7: Ray Wilkins is a man who's missed by many, and I am one of them. I absolutely loved the guy. I was working on Talk Sport the morning that many tributes came in after we got the very sad news that Ray had passed away. And there was one call in particular that still to this very day sends a shiver down my spine just for the story that this individual proceeded to tell us that day on Talk Sport.
10: I'm an ex-soldier, and I had some time where I was homeless and I was outside of Brompton Station. He came over to me, and I recognised him straight away, you know, and he just took some time to sit and chat, and we were both sat on my bit of cardboard together, and he took the time to sit and talk, and we were chatting about the army, and he gave me £20 and told me to get myself a hot meal. That night, I took that £20, and I got some shelter and I had a hot meal. During that time, when I was in the shelter, I met a guy who was helping ex-soldiers. I'm now fully recovered, not gambling. I have my own place, a beautiful girlfriend who I'm about to marry. And I put it down to the time that that man took to give to a man that was nothing to him, a stranger. And I'm sorry if I'm getting emotional, but he was a real, a real hero to me and to millions of others across the world. Thank you for giving me the time to, to say thank you to a man I never got to say thank you to, not really. Anyone who phones in today with a memory is basically saying to his family, thank you for giving us Ray Wilkins.
0: Dad passed away 4th of April 2018. I have to say for me personally, it's the hardest thing I've ever been to. I don't think you ever think as a young adult growing up, that your father's going to pass just after their 60s? Especially when they're such a strong, fit person, you kind of look at them as a real big influence in your life.
11: I think in the nature that it happened, it was just such a shock. It wasn't mm-hmm. an ongoing illness. Being in my 30s, now not having a dad around, obviously I have three children, and that's really, really difficult. One of my last memories of my dad was at my son's fourth birthday, and my daughter was only 18 months old. And... um, he was everywhere. He was coming down the slide. He was in the ball pit. He was absolutely exhausted after. And everyone just looked at him. And as I say, with his heart and whatnot, we were all like, we need to have a little bit of a sit down and a rest now. And I think it's, I obviously have that miss, I miss him. But I also feel really saddened because they don't have their granddad in their life. And I think we are so fortunate to have our mum and her to be the most amazing person that she is because she's not only nanny now, she's granddad. She plays football. She plays dollies. She does a bit of everything. It is really, really difficult. And as I say, for my children, for Ava in particular, she'll look at a picture and she knows that's pop, that's Granddad, But she can't fully grasp where he... She, If I ask Ava about my dad, she turns around and she goes, flowers, because she goes to the cemetery with me. And that's her last
0: recollection. I only really recognised how successful Dad was when he totally passed. I totally agree. And I think the world did as well. I think... From, from the footballing world's perspective, he was Ray Wilkins, he did a bit of media, he did a bit of football. But I think when you take a step back and you realise, oh wow, that person's not here anymore and you start seeing some of the accolades that come in from people, everyone's really felt that loss. But they've also given us this sense of achievement as to what he achieved in his life, which I really didn't appreciate through all the But I think in.
11: we didn't appreciate that because of the type of person Dad was. As I say, go back to this soldier phone call, I had never heard of that story until it was obviously aired on Ball and I was flabbergasted. I, I wasn't shocked in the sense of I, I didn't expect that it wouldn't happen, that Dad wasn't sort of that sort of person, but it was an amazing feeling. Like, it left me with an empty feeling, but obviously it was fantastic to think of people talking like that about my dad. We didn't really appreciate what he did in his career, and it's only really now that you think, wow, but because of how he was, he was just our dad.
12: I often find myself thinking about Ray when I'm driving or going to a game and uh, little memories pop in. Just a wonderful guy and we miss him so much, we really do. And It was a privilege to be a friend of his and to play with him and play against him.
5: It's only when somebody passes that we kind of really acknowledge and appreciate just how a great person they was. And Railway said, this is why it's important to be yourself. Ray was very unique in what he had.
2: A gentleman, honest and one uh, that you could rely on. Really, really someone, anybody, would have
6: wanted to be a friend of. The way he was with people, the manners he had, the care he had, how he would speak to you or your family or ask how you are and give you a moment. As a footballer, class act as a man, absolute gentleman.
9: I've always said to anybody that plays football, off the field, you should be the nicest man on the planet, look after your family, but on it, you have to change. You have to be a winner.